the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning, People's Baptist Church. And so the title of the message is, How Much We Matter to God. How Much We Matter to God. One of the greatest needs in life is to feel valuable, to feel that your life matters, that you are worthwhile, and that you have significance. Because of this, we are constantly looking around and in our mind comparing and evaluating other people and comparing ourselves to them. In our society, we tend to base our self-worth on four things. One, we judge our worth by our appearance. How do I look? If I look good, then I think I must be okay. Then we judge our worth by achievement. What have I accomplished? How successful am I? Then we judge our worth on our approval rating. How well am I liked? If a lot of people like me, then I must be okay. And then we judge our worth on our affluence. What do I own? Or how much do I own? The problem with these four standards is that none of them are stable they can all change. None of these things on which we normally judge ourselves are good judges of our self-worth. Our appearance will change with age. All of us know that. (laughs) Our achievements will be surpassed by others. Our approval will last until people who love us die or leave us or abandon us. So if we build our self-worth on these things, how are we going to feel about ourselves when we are old, ugly, and broke? (laughs) Not very good, I'm sure. So if you want to build your self-confidence or your self-esteem on something that lasts, you have to build it on something that can change. 
And there's only one thing that won't change, and that is what God thinks about you. A wonderful example of what God thinks about us is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a man who lived in the city or town of Jericho. And one day Jesus came to Jericho and Zacchaeus had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. Luke 19, 1-4 says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. He said, Zacchaeus was not interested in talking with Jesus. All he wanted to do was to see him. And if there was ever a man who needed his self-esteem built up, if there was ever a man who needed uh, a stronger sense of self-worth, it was Zacchaeus. Because in the four ways we evaluate our worth, Zacchaeus struck out on the first three. The one thing that he had going for him was his wealth. He was rich. From the first place, Zacchaeus didn't like his appearance. The Bible tells us that he was short. And in fact, he was probably the shortest man in the city of Jericho, according to tradition. He was probably teased all of his life about his stature. But not only that, but he was hated by everyone in the city. The Bible says that he was the chief tax collector. Now, tax collectors are never popular people. But in in the Roman days, it was even worse. The Roman system of collecting taxes was absolutely corrupt. A tax collector could collect and keep as much taxes as he wanted as long as he paid uh, Rome its due. For instance, if um, you owed Rome $10, the tax collector would say you owed $20. And he would collect $20 and give Rome $10 and kept the other 10 And so Zacchaeus became a wealthy man by ripping off people. For a Jewish person to become a Roman tax collector, because remember that um, Palestine, Israel, was occupied by the Romans, Uh, it was unthinkable that a Jewish person would want to uh, take on that job as tax collector, because it meant working for the enemy. If you became a Roman tax collector as a Jew, it meant three things. One, your family would probably disown you. Two, you would never be allowed to worship in the synagogue again. And three, you would be put in a class of people that was worse than murderers. So Zacchaeus was hated by everybody 
because not only was he a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector, which means that he was the guy who ran the whole scam. So there is no doubt that he not only didn't like the way he looked, but nobody liked what he did. As a result, Zacchaeus hated himself. And so what we have here is a man who has a lot of money, but didn't like himself. A man who was lonely and miserable. But one day, everything changed for Zacchaeus. In one moment, in one encounter with Jesus, his life was changed forever. He learned how much he mattered to God. The story about Zacchaeus gives us three fundamental truths on which we should base how we feel about ourselves. First, no matter how insignificant we feel, Jesus notices us. No matter how low, how lonely, how insignificant, how little we feel, Jesus notices us. Zacchaeus was a very wealthy man, but he was also a very lonely man. When he heard that Jesus was passing through the city of Jericho, he wanted to get a glimpse of this man whom people had talked so much about. But he was so short that he couldn't see above the crowd, so what he did, it made a good deal of sense, he ran ahead and climbed a tree so that he could watch Jesus from there without um, anyone really noticing him. Jesus walked straight through the city, past perhaps hundreds of people, and stopped at the tree where Zacchaeus was. And Luke 19.5 says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. I can imagine Zacchaeus' heart started to pound that his throat all constricted as he realized, he's looking at me. Out of all the people in, in Jericho, he is looking at me. I imagine he was in shock when that happened. So the question is, why did Jesus do that? Why did he stop right at that tree and look up at Zacchaeus? Because he knew exactly where Zacchaeus was and he wanted to have an audience with Zacchaeus. So here's the point. God knows exactly where you are today. You may be even up a tree. You may be out on a limb. You may be in a hole. You may think God has forgotten you and that he is a thousand miles away, but he's not. He has got his eyes on you. There's never been a moment when God took his eyes off you. He has seen every breath you have ever taken, every thought you have ever had, every word you have ever said, everything you have ever done, good or bad. And he has constantly looked at you with eyes of love. We have a hard time imagining that God pays much attention to us when we don't pay much attention to him. But every moment of every day, God has his eyes on us. He notices every detail. People may ignore you. They may not think that you are important enough to give you their attention. But God says, 
you're so important to him that he has never taken his eyes off you. He has seen every hurt you have felt, every sadness you have uh, experienced, every tear you have shed. He knows it all. So Jesus says in, in, in Luke chapter 12, 6 and, 6 and 7, five sparrows are sold for only a few cents. But God doesn't forget a single one of them. Even the hairs on your head are counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth much more than many sparrows. The deepest expression of love is attention. When you give someone your attention, you are giving them your love. God always has watchful, loving eyes on us. All of us have a deep need to be noticed, and God is always noticing us. There are people all around us who are just dying to be noticed. It's a need that we all have. Other people may not pay you much attention, but God does. No matter how insignificant we feel, Jesus Christ notices us. But the second point is that no matter what other people say, Jesus affirms us. All of his life, Zacchaeus had been ridiculed and rejected. First, by his appearance, he was short of stature. Second, by his actions, he was dishonest. So nobody either liked the way he looked or the way he acted. We can only imagine the kind of gossip that was spread about the most hated man in town. The cruel remarks, the criticism, the evil things that people are saying about him. But Jesus had another surprise for Zacchaeus. He not only stopped at the tree where Zacchaeus was and looked up at him, but he called him by name. Luke 19.5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said. Imagine the shock of Zacchaeus. He knows my name. I didn't hear anyone tell him my name. I didn't hear him ask anyone what my name is. He just knows it. God not only knows where we are, he knows who we are. He knows everything about us. He is personally acquainted with every area of your life and mine. And he knows our name. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You see, before you and I were born, God planned the good things he wanted us to do with our life. Paul says we are God's masterpiece. Now, masterpieces are not mass-produced on assembly line. Masterpieces are custom creation, and each of us is God's custom masterpiece. 
God lovingly chose every detail in our life. We may not like them. We may not understand them until much later in life or until we get to heaven. But God has a plan for each of our lives, and we need to trust him to reveal that plan to us. You see, we are God's masterpiece, which means we are uniquely customized. There is not one like me or one like you anywhere in the universe. When God made you and made me, he broke the mold. He knows everything about us. He knows all that we have done in the dark, and he still loves us. But number three, no matter what we have done, Jesus wants to have a relationship with us. Zacchaeus' appearance made him feel lonely and insecure. And Zacchaeus' accusers made him feel bitter and resentful. But it was Zacchaeus' sins, his own lifestyle, his own choices that made him feel guilty and ashamed. Jesus didn't just notice, notice him and call him by name and affirm him in front of everybody who hated him, but invited himself to Zacchaeus' home for dinner. Luke 19.5 says, When Jesus reached this spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. This was unthinkable. That Jesus, the Son of God, could walk all the way through town to find the biggest scoundrel and say, I'm going to be your guest. Out of all these people, I chose you. The reaction of the crowd was swift and brutal. In verse 7, we read, The people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. So Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was carrying so much hidden guilt that there is no way Zacchaeus would presume to invite him to his house. Because in Zacchaeus' mind, he thought, I'm not good enough. I have messed up my life. I have done things that are wrong. And I'm not good enough to have a relationship with Jesus, the Son of God. Some of you may have felt that way, that you are not good enough. But you're wrong. Dead wrong. God's acceptance of us is not based on our goodness, but on his incredible love in spite of all that we have done. The truth is that all of us have done a lot of things we feel ashamed of. We have all hurt other people with our brand of selfishness. It's different for all of us. Sometimes it's out in the open. Sometimes it's behind the scenes. But we have hurt people by the things we have said, things we have done, the choices we have made. But Jesus is more interested in changing us than he is in condemning us. You see, when we come to him, no matter what we have done, Jesus still loves us and wants a relationship with us. And that's called grace. 
Grace is when God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. In John 6, 37, Jesus says, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Or the King James Version says, I will not cast away. So how should we respond to that kind of love? The same way Zacchaeus did. Verse 6 says, Zacchaeus hurried down and gladly welcomed Jesus. Oh, it was too good an offer to turn down, of course. And it changed Zacchaeus' life. In verses 8 through 10, we read, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Listen, sir, I will give half of my belongings to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I will pay back four times as much. Jesus said to him, Salvation has come to this house today, for this man also is a descendant of Abraham. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Something happened to Zacchaeus' heart, or happened in Zacchaeus' heart that day, because the most selfish man in the city of Jericho all of a sudden became the most generous man. How do you know if you have really met Jesus Christ? And you need to take this seriously. When you meet Christ, your attitudes change. If they don't change, then you have not met him. And you become a more generous person when you have met Jesus and understand his love for you. All of a sudden, you're not so stingy and not so selfish anymore. You start thinking about other people. Why? Because you realize how much you have been given and you want to give back. Anytime you are selfish and stingy, you have just forgotten that everything you have is a gift from God. You don't have anything in your life that God didn't allow you to have that wasn't a gift. You owe him everything. When Christ is truly the Lord of your life, you are changed from being a taker into a giver. And there's so many people who are good at taking, but are so poor at, at giving. Because when you are a giver, you become like God. Being a Christian doesn't mean you have it all together. You are not perfect. You're, you still sin. But it means you, have, you are headed in a new direction. It means you can face all that life can throw at you because you are empowered by God's Spirit. You're now a child of God. And you have the Spirit of God inside you, living in you, in order to make you the person that God wants you to be. 
To be a Christian means you don't have to stumble around in spiritual darkness. You don't have to lie awake at night worrying about what you have done wrong because forgiveness is available and you know you can go to the Lord at any time and ask his forgiveness for things that you've done wrong. You are no longer an instrument of Satan to be used at his discretion. You're now a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To be a Christian means that with new feet you can walk in holiness. With new knees you can kneel in prayer before God. With a new tongue you can praise and magnify the Lord. With a new heart you can express love towards others. With a new mind you can contemplate the goodness of God. With a new outlook you can face each new day. With new motives you can minister to the needs of others. And with new hope, you can eagerly await the return of your Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Oh, my heart resonates with the words of that, that hymn. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. In my heart, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. May that be the desire of all of us today and every day. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www. Dot pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10:30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.